How many of you watched the NBA Finals last week? Well, I was for the Cavaliers. No, excuse me. I was for Golden State. Merrick was for the uh, Cavaliers, and obviously God's team won, didn't they? But <laughs> the Golden State has a player, Kevin Durant, who is unbelievable. In his career, he was a, he was a high school star. He was a college All-American. He has two Olympic gold medals for the U.S. Olympic basketball team. He's been the most valuable player in the NBA in the NBA All-Star Game, in the NBA Finals. He was the most valuable player in the NBA Finals this year. He averaged 35 points during the five games finals this year. If you don't know much about basketball, that, that is phenomenal. And he also had uh, a good rebound and assist average. Would you agree with me, uh, first of all, that I pick teams better than Merrick? Would you agree with that, number one? And number two, Kevin Durant is an impact player, isn't he? I mean, he makes a difference. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about being an impact player. I want to talk to you about being a person who makes a difference in your world. Now, I want you to listen to me. I want you to respond to this. A lot of questions are rhetorical. How many of you, someday when you stand before God, do you want God to look at you and say, your life mattered? You made a difference. How many of you want that? I I hope you do. I hope deeply and sincerely that you do. Now, remember, you can make a difference in a negative way. Hitler made a difference. (laughs) Hitler was Time Magazine's Man of the Year one time. So we're talking about making a difference in a positive way. If you have your Bibles, we're in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and we're continuing our series, Bumping into Jesus. And we're going to see a very unlikely hero this morning. A woman who is a tremendous impact player. But here's the first thing. Before you can be who you're supposed to be, before you can make the difference that God wants to make through you, you've got to let Jesus do a work in your life. You've got to let Jesus help you to be who you are supposed to be. I don't know much at all about Kevin Durant, but I'm, I'm almost certain that he, as a young person, he had coaches, he had family members, he had coaches in college and the NBA, and he had other players that helped him develop and be the great player he is. If you want God to use you, you've got to let God do something in your life first and foremost. Our hero, our heroine in this story did. In verse 16, Jesus and her talking. She's a Samaritan woman. She's got kind of a bad reputation. And Samaritans and Jews hate each other. Jesus doesn't care anything about those social norms. And so they're visiting. And Jesus says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. She said, I don't have a uh, husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you aren't married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. How many of you believe Jesus was uh, stepping on some toes at that point? Uh, you know, he was, born, he was getting in her business, wasn't he? But she didn't get angry with him. In verse 19, sir, the woman says, you must be a prophet. In other words, something is different about you. So, okay, guys. Jesus is confronting this woman because he wants to make a difference in her life and he wants her to be different than he wants her to go make a difference in the world that she lives in. But before he can make her into what she needs to be, he's got to change her and do a work in her heart. So man, he cuts right to it. I mean, he hits her hard. He lays open her sins and her life 
But she doesn't reject that. In fact, if we go to verse 25 through 29, the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called the Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I am the Messiah, in verse 27 through 29. Jesus then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman because a Jewish religious leader would never talk to a woman in public. But Jesus didn't care about that silliness. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what what were you talking to her about? In verse 28, the woman left her water jar. That's going to be a significant thing we'll see later. Beside the well, and she ran back to the village, maybe a half a mile or so, telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Now, folks, we're going to see the difference she makes in her world in just a minute. But it started with this. When Jesus began to put his, his spiritual finger on her heart, to point out the things in her life that were wrong, that needed to be right, she led him. She led him. And that became a key point to her being who God wanted her to be. This morning I want to tell you, if you want God, dads, if you want to be the dad that God wants you to be, Mom, you you want to be the mom or you want to be the person that God would have you to be. It starts with you, you giving Jesus permission to do a work in your heart. I want to tell you, I think the two keys in this story that she shows that we, we must do. Pretty simple, but profound also. Number one, be attentive. You need to be willing to hear Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, are you willing to endure a 25-minute sermon so that maybe God can speak to you? Are you willing to read your Bible some this week in hopes that, that God can speak to you? Are you willing not only to talk to God, but to be quiet and to listen to God so that God can speak to you? Can you be attentive? Folks, this is not the ideal setting. They are in the Middle East at noon by a well. You are in an air-conditioned building, sitting on, on, on padded pews. We got it a little bit better, amen? And, and, and this, is, this is not the ideal educational situation. This is a man talking to a woman. They, the Jewish people hated the, the Samaritans. Samaritans hated the Jewish people. But man, I'm going to tell you, when Jesus started talking, she sat up and she listened. Will you hear what Jesus has to say to you this morning? Will you be attentive for a few minutes? I hope if you're playing on your phone, you're, 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 you're looking at the sermon notes. What a waste of time to come to church and, and be on Twitter or Facebook. What a waste of, of your life to go through life knowing that the God of the universe wants to speak to you, but you're not going to hear him. Will you be attentive? God, God can't do what he wants to do in your heart if you won't take the time to listen. But there's one step farther in this. We've got to be open and willing to respond. See, we need to be attentive, but then we've got to say, Jesus, whatever you want to speak into my life, I will hear it. Is it possible to be attentive and not open? I tell you, it absolutely is. Let me tell you how it is. If you're married, you tell me if this is true. There are times you will be attentive to what your spouse is saying so you can respond back to it, but you are not open to hear what they have to say. Amen? You know it's true. Not me, of course, but, but we see it's a struggle. 
And maybe this morning, God, you, you, you'll listen to what God has to say. You don't really want to hear it. You're not going to do anything with it. I was thinking this week about this story. And, and I thought about Brandon as a counselor. And I thought about when I counsel people. Jesus sits down to this lady. And he completely throws her past out on the table. He's not trying to, to embarrass her, humiliate her. He's not trying to rub her face in her past. She hadn't dealt with her past. She hadn't dealt with the sins of yesteryear. They were still in her life today. Jesus brought her past right out on the table. And I want to tell you, I know from counseling that if you sit down with some people and you begin to lay their past out in front of them, whoo! Who do you think you are bringing that up about me? Why are you bringing up my past? Jesus didn't meddle just with her past. Jesus brought up the present. He said, and by the way, you're living with somebody right now that's not your husband. Man, oh man. Can you imagine what someone would say to you? If you in love and kindness and gentleness said something like that to them, who are you to judge me? Do you think you're God? Jesus would have said, well, yeah, kind of. We can't say that. Are you open to hear what God may say through a preacher? Are you open to hear what God may say through your Sunday school teacher? Are your husband or your wife or your family or your friends? If, you don't, if you're not open, you'll never hear a thing from God because God's not going to force himself on you. Tom Brokoff is an ABC newscaster, reporter for years. He made a great statement one time. He says, it's easier to make a dollar than it is a difference. Absolutely true. You can lie, steal, and cheat and make a dollar. But if you're going to make a real difference in the lives of other people and for God, dads, if you're going to make a real difference in the lives of your children, moms, if you're going to, you've got to be the person that God has called you to be. And you've got to be open to hear what God said. What, what might God say to you today? Maybe some of you, there's some things God's got his finger on your heart. And he's saying, you need to repent. Maybe God's saying there's, there's somebody you need to forgive. Our relationship, you need to go and you need to seek to restore. I would bet 80% of us in here this morning, if we're here this, God's saying you need to reprioritize your life. You say you love Jesus, but you fit him in when it's convenient to you. Now, I'm speaking for my generation and down. That's who we are. We have made God in our image. God fits in our box. God fits in when we have time for God. And I guarantee if you're listening, one of the things that God's saying to you and to me is if you want to make a difference, you've got to let me do a work in your life. And if I'm going to do a work in your life, you've got to reprioritize your life and you've got to put me first. You can tell your kids all day long, you love Jesus more than anything else, but they'll notice They'll see what's God saying to you and will you be open and responsive to do what God's going to tell you to do. Let me tell you some great news. If we will, if we will let God do a work in our life, here's the great news. No matter who you are, you can be a positive impact person. You can be an impact player. Your life can matter. You can be a mom or dad you can be a person whose life makes a difference in this world. Every one of you said that's who you wanted to be. This is who this lady becomes. 
Verse 28 through 30. The woman left her water jar, ran beside the well, and ran back to the village telling everyone, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Messiah, the Christ? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Verse 39 through 42, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him, stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because of what we have heard ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Here's the hero of the story. Folks, you're talking about an unlikely hero. Especially when you consider it would have been Jewish people reading this story first. It was a Samaritan. The Jews hated the Samaritans. Samaritans hated Jews. Now, Jesus, again, wasn't a part of this. But a Samaritan was a half-bred Jew to the Jewish people. They considered them mongrels, religiously and physically. A Samaritan's the hero of the story. A woman, this was a male chauvinist pig society. Women weren't going to be the hero of the story. You've got an, a, a Samaritan woman who is obviously got some morality issues in her life and in her past, and she is the hero of the story. Doesn't Jesus turn everything upside down? Man, and for in such a cool and such a great way. And I want to tell you this morning, you can be an impact player. You say, well, I've messed up. My life's a mess. I'm broken. I saw this recently, and it's so good and it's so true. A broken crayon can still color beautifully. Isn't that the truth? Your life may be a mess. You may have created problems for yourself in the past. Not any more than the hero of the story this morning. You may be saying, I'm too young. I'm too insignificant. Who am I? Listen, here's the irony of this. You can be too big for God to use you. Some of you are in danger of that. But you can never be too small. And you say, well, I'm too small or insignificant. There's an African proverb that says, if you think small things can't make an impact, spend the night in a closed room with a mosquito. That's the truth. God can use you to be an impact player. Let me show you two ways he can. Two things you can do. Number one, decide to start making a positive difference. You're going to let Jesus work in your life. You're going to let Jesus work in your life continually. And then you say, I, with the help of God, I'm going to be a dad who impacts my kids positively. I'm going to be a boss who impacts my employees and my business positively. I'm going to be a mom who's going to do this. Verse 28, look what happens. Verse 28, then the woman left her water jar besides the well and ran back to the village to tell everyone. Folks, when God changed her, she didn't say, well, I need to join the church, which is a good thing. I need to get baptized. I need to go to a 12-week discipleship class. And then if the church thinks I'm ready, I will start trying to help out. God touched her life, and she immediately began to make a difference. What are you waiting on? What's what's going to have to happen before you decide you're going to get in the game? You know what she she waited on? One thing, God did something in her life. When God did something in her life, she ran back to her town. Well, when I retire, or when I get my degree, how about this? When I get some more money, When we get out of debt, 
when summer's over. And it never will get there. What are you waiting on? She didn't wait one second. Well, I don't know where to start. Where did she start? Her home. Hey, Dad, the place that God is going to point to you someday and you're going to give the first account for is not China. It's going to be your home. It's not Canada unless that's your home. It's going to be your home, your wife, your kids. Mom, dad's not going to help. Jump in there and do it. Well, I don't know where, at the church, hey, you're not going to make us better by sitting and complaining. <laughs> help us out. What about the city? Well, I wish Rustin would do Start helping. Hey, I'll give you a hint. America's in trouble. Are you praying about that? You can get involved. When I was in college, I was studying to be a coach. And the college that I went to, Clayton and Mary and I went to the same college, was a Christian college. And you had preacher boys and ministers, and I wasn't one of them. Clayton was going to be a psychologist. I was going to be a coach. And what I saw with a lot of the preacher boys is they would say, you know, someday I'm going to be a missionary. Or they were going to go out in the weekend and preach. But when they came back home and in the dorms where we lived in, they didn't care anything about anybody or anybody getting saved. That's ridiculous. The first place you should be most concerned about is your own backyard. Amen? Decide now, Dad, Mom, you're going to start making a difference and start making a difference right where you are. I read this this week about companies that really are impactful, influential companies. They do two things real well. Number one, they solve problems. Number two, they help people. Wow. How can, you, how, how can you be a positive impactor? Find some problems in your world and start trying to fix them. Don't criticize them and critique them and show why everybody else is failing with them. Start trying to solve them. I have something on my desk that's it's not original with me, but it's really good. Good leaders make things better. You know what? An impact person makes things better. They just make things better. Start trying to help and make things better. But let me give you a second part of the impact she made and that we need to make also. And that's this. Help as many people come to Jesus as you can. Help as many people as you can come to Jesus. Verse 28 through 30 again. She, she left her water jar. She ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Messiah? So the people came streaming out of the village. Folks, listen to this. We don't have any record in the Bible and we saw it later on, basically her whole village gets saved. We have no record in the Bible where Paul or even Jesus went into a place and the whole village was saved. But here we have an immoral, outcast woman. She's at the well at noon. Women went to the well to in groups early in the morning or late in the afternoon. She's by herself. An outcast of society. And she plays a part in her whole village coming to Jesus Christ. Is that not incredible? What an unlikely hero. And guess what? She wasn't an ordained preacher either, was she? 
Don't you need to have the gift of evangelism or teaching to be able to do this? No. Here's what you have to have. You've got to have Jesus yourself. He's got to be real in your life, working in your life. And it's amazing when you get saved and Jesus is working in your life how you want to bring other people to him. Isn't that neat? And maybe that's the problem with many of us. Dad... Listen, I am, I am 100% for education. I started kindergarten and I didn't quit school until I was 40. So I'm for it. You can have a PhD and make straight A's all through school and die and go to hell. You Help your kids be the best they can be academically. But man, bring them to Jesus. And, and you know what? I am 1,000% for sports. I was going to be a coach my dad coached. My brother is a coach. I'm a thousand percent for sports. But we are losing a generation because we're prioritizing sports over Jesus. Oh, no, we're not. What you do and how you spend your time is what you prioritize, not what you say, what you do. Teach your kid to make A's. Teach your kids to throw a pass and to shoot a basketball and to, to run. But more than anything else, man, bring them to Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to satisfy people and a person like Jesus. Junior Seau was a great football player. Played in the NFL 13 years. 12 out of 13 years, he went to the Pro Bowl. That's the NFL All-Star game. Just what I've read about him, he was a, a good guy, a great leader. He was obviously ended up being very wealthy, famous, popular, well-known. But in May in 2012, he, he committed suicide. And they said that, you know, they were concerned about concussions and head injuries. But I read something recently that you're not going to hear from the press. And that was some of his friends saying that Junior lacked a peace in his life. Now, I, I don't know where he was with God. I don't have a clue. But that always perks up my antenna when I hear that. One of his good friends who played pro football with him for years said, Junior was always looking to find peace, and he never could find it. You know where peace is found? Peace is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Bring your kids to the ball games. Man, bring them to the, the tutor. My parents did. But bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Christ. Bring them to church. That's the only thing that is eternal. I want you to read verse 28 one more time with me. There's a little subtlety there. The woman left her what beside the well? Her water jar. By the way, what do you go to the well for? To get water. Now think of the irony of this. She goes to the well by herself midday. It's hot. She's lonely. She's probably bitter. She's going to get water. And then she runs into Jesus. He changes her life. And all of a sudden, going back with water didn't even matter anymore. You know what would happen to a lot of us? If we really got Jesus like we need, a lot of other things wouldn't matter anymore, would they? It'd be amazing a lot of things that would just fall off of our life. It'd be amazing, Dad, how you would start funneling your kids more to Jesus Christ. Moms, you funneling your kids to Christ. All of us helping our families and friends to Jesus Christ. Because a lot of things fall to the wayside 
when God gets a hold to your heart. And for a lot of us, I'm speaking to a lot of you who are Christians, a lot of things need to fall away. We are prioritizing so much, chasing good things instead of Jesus. How many of you have ever climbed Mount Everest? I have twice back a few years ago. I'm just joking for any of you who don't know. It's 29,000 feet straight up. That is a pretty good climb, isn't it? Now, Ed, our smart aleck children's minister, informed me that he has climbed Mount Everest at Disney World. That doesn't count, does it? That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yes, he rode something, Noah. Thank you. Uh, A recent phenomena has happened with Mount Everest climbers that's just startling. Maybe it shouldn't be. Back in 2006, a man named David Sharp made it to the summit all the way to the top, but as he began to come down, he ran out of oxygen. He went down, he's laying down, and he's dying. Forty people basically stepped over him so they could reach the summit. And he died. While they had paid $35,000 to get there, while their goal their whole life had been to climb Mount Everest, they'd come from all over the world. Let me tell you something, friend. If you're dying on that mountain, you want me to forget all that and save you, don't you? You got people all around you that don't know Jesus. And the greatest impact we can have is to bring them to him. This is not original with me, but it's such a great quote. It's never too late to become the person you dream to be in. It's never too late to become the dad that you always wanted to be. It's never too late to become the mom or the person or the impact player God's left you here to be if you'll make the choice to do it. Will you? Let's pray. If you're a Christian this morning, I ask you, I challenge you Will you choose to let God work in your life so you can be who he's called you to be? Dad, you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You're ready today to cross that line with Jesus. Pray with me where you are. And just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I truly want to repent of my sins. I accept that you're God's son and that you died and arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart today. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in just a minute. But we're not standing to go through motions to close out the service in a few minutes. We're standing to respond to Jesus. Maybe you just prayed and asked Christ in your heart or you're ready to do that. 
You can certainly catch me or one of the ministers after church and we'll help you. Or you can come today when we stand and give your life to Christ. Dad, what a hero you would be to do that today if that's what you need to do. Maybe you're ready to join our church. You can, you can do that after church or you can come today and join us. Let me tell you this. We want to be a church that helps you be an impact player. And truly, we want to be a church that you come to and that you make a difference here. We need you to do that. Come and join us today. Everybody else that's a Christian, I want to pinpoint you dads. Dads, today's your day. Show it. Maybe you want to bring your wife and your kids to the front and just pray at the altar or or pray with a minister. Certainly where you're standing, but dad, maybe today it's time to make a public a public display that you're following Christ and that you're going to be the dad and the impact player he's called you to be. It's your choice. Make the right one now. Let's stand as God leads you. You come.